0: Well, well, well. Look who found their way back to Tony G
1: Studios. Good to be back. Mr. Will McCormick, how was your spring break? This is good. Definitely a, a good break, but ready to Definitely ready to talk needed. some sports with you, Tony. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, man. I mean you didn't even get back till late last night. Yeah. Wow. You were you predicted to me that you would get back late Tuesday. Yep. I thought it was a Tuesday night flight, but it was actually Wednesday morning. Unreal. And then everything just moves slow in the airport, you know. Oh yeah. The bags come out for like, takes like 40 minutes for them to come out. Doesn't it? Yes. It's ridiculous. Yes. (laughs) Don't get me started on
0: airports, Will. I mean, I like
1: to fly. I think it's a cool experience, Mm -hmm. but airports, man, you know, if I ran them, I just think I could do a better job. Everything moves fast besides when you want it to. Yeah. Then it's really slow.
0: Yep. Oh, what's this? You have to run a half mile across the airport to get to your other terminal. Let's let you do that in about, let's see you do that in about seven minutes. But, oh, what's that? You want to get your bags and get out of here? 20, maybe You might as well go warm up the car and pull it around because you got time.
1: And not to call out a certain airline, but so I flew with my parents. We had to pay extra for us to sit by each other, like to guarantee that. Oh, yeah. Would you think with COVID, they would want you to sit by people that you know to like limit, you know, people getting sick? It's all a business. Yeah. And in the end, we didn't pay for it and we all still sat together. I mean, everything is a business in this world. Just everything. Where you want to sit. If you want to sit with your family, pay extra. So, yeah, it was a good trip. But I mean, just the fact
0: that, you know, there, here's all these COVID protocols to follow and yep. make sure you're doing your part. And we're going to make sure our end is covered and we're doing everything we can to ensure your safety. But oh, if you want to sit by the people that you've seen for the last, you know, because you live with them or you know right. them very well, yeah, how about we charge you extra for that? Mm-hmm. Isn't that ridiculous? Everything's a business in this world. Mm-hmm. People don't even. People don't even realize that. Nope. nope. Don't get me started, but good. I'm glad you enjoyed your spring break. How was yours, Tony? It was uh, good. I did absolutely nothing. Good for you. I've never been a big uh, spring break person, but this time I was able to watch some college basketball, which is nice. a great ta- transition into actually what we're talking about today because we, are, we do have a show. We're going to talk sports at some point, not just airlines. <laughs> <laughs> and, and vacations and stuff. Our first segment today, we're going to talk... The Sweet 16 and the Elite 8, we're going to go through. We're going to predict the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8. At the end of today's episode, or at least the end of this first segment, we are going to have a Final Four set for the teams that we think we will uh, see in the Final Four and eventually the championship. So we will talk about that next Tuesday after this upcoming weekend full of college basketball. Like I said, that's what I did over spring break. Thursday to Friday to Saturday to Sunday was straight College basketball, the round of 64 and the round of 32. So we'll talk about that in the opening segment. Our second segment, you've been missing out on this, Will, mm-hmm. with the Tony G. I guess we both have because we didn't, there was no shows over spring break. But there has just been I, – I don't even know what to call it. Like it's just a flood of news around the NFL. There's so much change and so much – You know, money being thrown around, contracts being signed, free agents being signed, trades happening. It's just, it's so completely wild to me because there's just so much to talk about. And we're going to try to do that today. We've been able, we've missed a few of it over spring break. I've been able to recap some of it with the Packers and the discussion we had on Tuesday. And now that Will is back and both of us are here, we're able to discuss some more football changeover. So our second segment, we're going to talk about the Browns. Trading for Deshaun Watson, does that make them contenders? Are they a contending team in the AFC North now? We'll answer that question in the second segment. And then our third segment to close out today's show, Tyreek Hill is now a Dolphin. Is this a good move or a bad move by the Dolphins? I'm going to argue bad. I'll tell you that now. I'll tell you why come third segment of the show towards the back end. So that's our show, college basketball, and then NFL all day today. It's a good plan. Before we get into it, And we hit our intro. Got to remind you that the Tony G Show interviews March series just kicked off yesterday. Mike Walrick, the head baseball coach. Now I'm spewing words out. (laughs) The head baseball coach of St. Norbert College was on the Tony G Show interviews. He is the person who recruited me to St. Norbert College to play baseball. Me and him have had a good relationship even though I don't play baseball anymore. So I was able to talk with him. That interview is out now. On the Tony G Show, Tony G Show interviews, wherever you get your podcast. And more news about the Tony G Show. We're now on two different platforms. Ooh. One is called Wisdom. If you listen through the Wisdom app, that is one. I have claimed the podcast there. We are officially on Wisdom. Nice. And then the other one, I forgot the name too, but I got some sort of email that said, here's your confirmation email if you are the host of the Tony G Show. And so I confirmed it, and we're on that platform too. So nice. if you know what I'm talking about. Then. Yeah.
1: Okay. We're there now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're there.
0: As well as the Wisdom app, a gentleman named Brock reached out to me from Wisdom. He said, "Hey yo. We like uh the Tony G show. How would you like to be on Wisdom? We don't allow every podcast, but we like what you got. Let's go. Think we'll do a good job. How would you like to be on Wisdom?" Yeah, sure. Little do they know that we're going to be put on Wisdom. They're actually going to start listening and think that these guys are nuts. Why did we allow them on our podcast platform? But too late, we're already there So that's the Tony G Show, that's Will McCormick, I'm Tony G He's at Willis5312 on Twitter I'm at Tony G Nation. Check out TonyGNation.com For all, everything Relating to the Tony G Show What do you think? Let's get to it I think that's a great idea No more spring break, let's get Will snapped out of it Shake off the rust, let's yep. talk some sports College basketball, NFL Coming your way on the Tony G Show You are listening to the 8th and final season of the Tony G Show. 8 seasons of laughs, memories, and sports are coming to an end. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Check out more from Tony G at TonyGNation.com. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's your host, Tony G. During the intro of the Tony G Show, today's episode... Partner Will McCormick returns to his usual self. I said shake off the rust, but nope, he's back making bad jokes. Jokes Bad jokes? They're almost like dad jokes, but. Worse? But worse. They're they're not really
1: funny. They're just like comments that. Will thinks they're funny. Like, that's the thing. Will gets going at him. Like, Mm -hmm. he's like, that was a great joke, huh? That's probably why it's so funny. Will, gotta tell you, man. Need some work. Need some work. I shouldn't be a stand up comedian. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) No. I don't want to crush your dreams or anything. No, it's okay. So Will holds up a lighter. You know, we're talking about stuff in the intro, and he holds up a lighter and, and flicks it on, gets the flame going, and he goes, that's, and then he flicks the, the the thing to get the fire going. Yep. As if to say, that's fire. I give him no response. That is a comedy masterpiece. As I should. Just completely, just ignore it. Yep. Let him do his thing. I'm not, you know, saying he can't make jokes, but I'm just saying that when he does, they're not... Particularly good,
1: and then I had to explain it to you. Like that was the problem.
0: Yeah, and then he (laughs) explained. Then he explains it to me. Oh, thanks, Will. Didn't get it until you said something. Yeah, that's Will mccormick in a nutshell. In case everybody was wondering, what do you say we have a uh, little discussion about college basketball? Let's do it. Yeah. Listen, this first two weeks, or I guess not two weeks. These first two rounds: round of sixty-four and round of thirty-two. I got my bracket right in my hand. Leading the charge right now, knock on wood. I don't want to jinx it. I'm just mm-hmm. saying leading the charge right now with my high school friends uh, group that we put together i'm I'm in front. we put one together with uh, our friend Matthew Swanson, who his team Michigan's still in it. We'll talk about team particular teams in a second, but he's leading the way and having a incredible bracket. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at his, but it's like, is it pretty good? it's he's leading the way. By a wide margin. It's not just like he's one pick ahead of someone. Like, he is running Always. away with it. It's like, holy cow, kid. How did you predict after these games? But it was a wild, wild first. To, you know, and they call it March Madness for these types of reasons. Right. There was uh, a 15 to beat a two-team, a the, the team that was expected to go. A far, far away was knocked out immediately. How about St. Peter's sticking around, knocking right. off teams? like? Like, who are they? They were the 15-2 matchup that they beat Kentucky in the round of 64. Kentucky getting blasted for their loss. John Calipari being called a bad coach because they let St. Peter's beat them. But here's the thing. St. Peter's won that game and then continued to beat Murray State in advance to the Sweet 16. Like, they're still going. That's Mm -hmm. a good basketball team. North Carolina, an 8-1 upset beating Baylor. I had Baylor going to the Elite Eight, and they lost in the round of 32. Incredible stuff here. UConn I had going to the Sweet 16, getting knocked off by Arkansas. Teams that I thought would make it a long way. Auburn is another great example. Had them going to the Elite Eight. No. No. Get blasted in the round of uh, 32 by Miami. Miami's still in the matchup. So, I mean, here's what we're left with. We'll go – how should we do this? Should we do this regionally, Will? Yeah, let's go by region. Okay, let's start in the West where Gonzaga plays Arkansas. That's a 4-1 matchup. Gonzaga is the one. And here's the thing. I have I've had this argument on the Tony G Show last season. I brought it up when I filled in for Marcus Eversol on Sportsline on WDUZ last week. I mentioned that I did that on Tuesday's episode. And I mentioned while I was there, I think Gonzaga is one of those fake 1-seeds.
1: Yeah, totally agree.
0: You remember me having that discussion? Mm-hmm. I think that they are not a team. Everyone has them slated to go to the championship or the Final Four or having this great season. And they're probably going to win a couple games, which they have, because they're Gonzaga, and they are good. But they're not one-seed material. When you think of one-seed material, you think of the Baylors, who granted that they lost, they're still a good team. You think of Kansas. You think of Arizona. And some of these teams have what it takes to advance, like Kentucky, and they just have this size. Auburn has... And even though those two teams that I mentioned, Kentucky and Auburn, I kind of work against myself, but that's just March Madness for you. These two teams that I mentioned, Auburn and Kentucky, who are the two seed, are just getting wiped out because it's March Madness. But <laughs> yeah. you get what I'm saying here is that Gonzaga doesn't have that. I mean, they they get by because they're big mm-hmm. and they're well-coached. And
1: they're Gonzaga. They're always going to be competitive. But I don't think they have what it takes they're just not to quite continue convincing. to advance. Yeah, they're just not quite convincing. They don't have like that, I don't want to say star power, but it just it feels like – they're not as powerful as other teams that are still left. Now, with that being said, I think Gonzaga's going to get a win. So I, feel I think so. Like,
0: listen, I feel like I'm losing credibility with myself because I'm arguing against Arkansas, or, uh, against Gonzaga, but they're continuing. I have them continuing to go on. So I think right. Gonzaga's going to beat Arkansas. Gonzaga has that size. Gonzaga has that width that you need if you're going to win in basketball games, if you're going to win a basketball tournament. Arkansas is good. Played a couple good games. They beat New Mexico State and got to where they had to get to. Beat Vermont. I mean, it, they haven't played too many big teams. But once they run into a Gonzaga, I think Gonzaga's going
1: to mow them down. Do you think Gonzaga's kind of like one of those teams that, depending on the situation, they could go far? So, like, if they beat Arkansas and then they end up going and playing Duke, they're probably going to get bounced. But if they get Texas Tech, no, then, then they could go a little further? Do you think it's kind of like it depends on how the bracket plays out? It's
0: interesting. That You asked that because I had the exact opposite scenario happening. Mm. I say Gonzaga is going to win. And this next game that I'm mentioning, Texas Tech and Duke, today at 8.39 p.m. I don't know who sets these start times, but it's the way they, that it goes because they all play at like one or two arenas. It's going to be a great game, Duke-Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech is going to knock off Duke and then going to go ahead and knock off mm. Gonzaga. I have okay. Texas Tech in the final four just for the sake of today's show, because we're only going to the Final Four. I have Texas Tech winning the championship in my bracket.
1: Though. Ooh, I like that. I have okay.
0: that three seed making it all the way. It's a team that's been in the championship a few years ago, mm-hmm. a team that knows how to play basketball. I mean, that is a good basketball team. They have speed, they have shooting ability, and they have that upset caliber to them that they can knock off Duke and Gonzaga. They're the three seed. Duke is the two seed, and Gonzaga is the one seed. So they have that upset factor. I think they have what it takes to go upset the two seeds ahead of them. And I think they're going to do it in route to their championship. So that is my West region. It's going to be Gonzaga, Texas Tech in the Elite Eight. And I say Texas Tech is going to get the upset, advance to the Final Four. So that is what I have in the West. And let's move to the East. Where this one really killed my bracket. All right. Some money on it in the the high school friends bracket pool. This one really nailed me to the wall.
1: It's probably true for most people. Yes. Honestly.
0: Yes, because this is the one with Baylor as the one seed, Kentucky as the two seed. Both of them knocked off. <laughs> okay. So neither one of them still playing basketball. The three seed is the highest seed remaining in that bracket of Purdue. And I think they're they're probably going to be the team coming out of the East heading into the Final Four. Here's what we have left. UNC versus UCLA.
1: It's a good matchup.
0: That's a good matchup. That's a game that won't be played until tomorrow on Friday. I like both of these teams. I think UNC is on a complete roll. UCLA is the higher seed, mm-hmm. but I think North Carolina has that momentum to them. Totally. I think that they just got off beating uh, Baylor, and I, I like what they had. They completely crushed Marquette, if you watch that game. Marquette is a fair team. I mean, yeah. that's a team that you would think – could have won one to two, maybe even three games in the in the uh, March Madness in this tournament this year.
1: And at least be a good adversary. Yes.
0: That could get in and at least show that they earned their spot. North Carolina completely shattered them. I mean, they beat them by like 25 points. That game was never close at any point. I mean, the game started 10 to nothing, it just seemed, <laughs> because it was like, it's just not fair what UNC is doing to Marquette. So I think North Carolina... Now that Roy Williams is gone, you know, he's retired. But still, that winning atmosphere is still around with the Tar Heels. And they know how to win basketball games when it counts. I have UNC beating UCLA. Upset matchup if you look at seeding. Eight beating the four and advancing to the Elite Eight. Who will they play? The upset Cinderella story of St. Peter's. The 15-2 win. Seeding-wise, that's not the score. If a basketball game ended 15-2, we got problems. But 15 ranks St. Peter's knocked off two, Kentucky. St. Peter's advanced, played Murray State, 15-7 matchup. St. Peter's got the win. Now they're advancing, playing Purdue, who is the three seed, and I think this is where the Cinderella story comes to an end. Really? I think Purdue is going to knock off St. Peter's. I had Purdue beating Kentucky and moving on to the Elite Eight to lose to Baylor. Well, Kentucky and Baylor, as I mentioned, are no longer playing. Way to go, Tony G. You know, way to get that one right. I think Purdue is the team to beat. They're going to come out of the East. They're going to play UNC and I think knock them off. I think North Carolina has that motivation. Like I said, has that momentum to them. But once they get to the Elite Eight, what I've seen from Purdue is they have that ability to shoot from outside and they have that down low ability. You know, they have a couple big men. Saw them when they played the Badgers, and it's like this team is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But they they are very beatable. That's the yes, thing with that's the Boilermakers. They are They're very very beatable. beatable. So once they get in a matchup with. UNC. I wouldn't be surprised if Purdue loses to North Carolina, but I think Purdue is going to win, and that'll be the matchup coming out of the East and into the Final Four: Texas Tech versus Purdue.
1: Yeah, that three seed versus three seed, by the way. Right. Come. That St. Peter's Purdue match, I think, is going to be a lot closer than we anticipate. I, it's pretty likely that the Boilermakers will will uh, persevere, but I, I mean, like we've said many, many times in this show, momentum is huge, and especially in March Madness. So, if St. Peter's can keep moving, I mean, I think I think Purdue's very beatable. You
0: know, when I say they're beatable, you know, and they are. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin did it twice. Yep. But they're also a tough team. Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason they're a three seed. Right. And they may have gotten a tough, and you know, it's just a tough region because Baylor is so good and Kentucky is so good. They're definitely going to be the one and two seeds. But Purdue has that ability to still be, and that's why I'm making this argument that they're going to go to the Final Four. When I say they're good from the outside, they're good from the inside as well. Inside, I'm thinking of Zach Eady because that guy is like 8 feet tall. He's got the wig span of, I think, of an airplane, I think is what they, <laughs> they compared it to. They have Zach Eady down low, and then Jaden Ivey is the guard that everybody completely fusses over from the perimeter. And I think right, rightly so. You know, I'm not saying that they shouldn't fuss over him, but it's you know he gets a lot of attention for playing in the Big Ten and being as good as he is in this conference. That's what I mean when they're good from the outside, good from the inside. So they're a tough team to beat in a tough matchup overall. But I think Purdue is, that's going to be the matchup. Final four coming out of the east and the west, Texas Tech versus Purdue. Let's switch over to the other side. Let's go to the south where our matchup's still remaining. Arizona-Houston. Now this is a game, watch this game closely. Arizona barely scraped past TCU, who by the way, I absolutely fell in love with with TCU, Big Eddie they call him down there in TCU. I mm-hmm. love that. I fell in love with that team even though they lost. They were up on Arizona. Let Arizona get back to it. It was a great game went into overtime and Arizona absolutely owned overtime, beat TCU in advance. Houston is a great basketball program. I yep. love even though they're a 5 seed. Look past that because Houston's a good basketball, a
1: great basketball program. I feel like they've been consistent, too. I mean, yes. not speaking on any historical numbers, but Houston's always been in the mix in yes. March Madness. Always. Well, if you think
0: back to the Maui Invitational Open, or whatever they call that, Maui Invitational, mm-hmm. that the Badgers Way... played and they, they won back in November. Yeah. They played Houston and they won. I guess I'm just mentioning that for bragging rights because I'm making an argument that Houston's a great, great basketball program. But when you think of guys like Kyler Edwards or Josh Carlton... These are some names that I really think are gonna go off in this game. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they beat Arizona just predicting the game I'm not I don't feel safe saying Houston's gonna beat Arizona so I have Arizona winning but just watch this game closely because this is a game where Houston's gonna show the country that they aren't just this five seed caliber they're gonna come in and they're they, that Illinois win was huge for Houston in this mm-hmm. program. I like Houston a lot. But I still think Arizona is going to get the win. With that being said, though, like I said, I could definitely see Houston moving on. The other matchup in the South to watch, Villanova versus Michigan.
1: It's an interesting one.
0: Here's the thing that gets me. We sit here and we just it, – it hurts me to have this discussion that Michigan is still in it. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to show bias here, but when we have this discussion about Jawan Howard a few weeks ago right, and Twitter's blowing up completely roasting the Badgers program because the um the crowd at the Kohl Center was shouting shouting at uh chanting and shouting I just combined that word it was chanting at Michigan mm-hmm. that they were going to belong in the NIT and here they get into the March Madness tournament as an 11 seed and beat the two teams they <laughs>
1: well I faced think so far I think the whole side of it that's interesting is a lot of people are bashing Wisconsin like it's yeah. Anyways, let's not get into that discussion. Let's not, yeah, let's not but. do it.
0: This is why I don't like making this prediction because it's just Michigan. I'm showing a little bias here, which I don't like to do. But, okay, put the bias aside. Mm-hmm. Michigan's had a great tournament so far. Yep. Beat Colorado, beat Tennessee. I, I had Tennessee winning and advancing to the Sweet 16 to lose to Villanova. I'm going to say in this game, Villanova-Michigan, I'm going to predict that Michigan's going to lose again. Mm-hmm. Better I'm knock on wood, Tony. <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, they're going to make this pick, and all of a sudden Michigan is going to make this amazing run to the, to the Final Four, and everyone's like, oh, this is the greatest basketball program in the world, and I'm going to get furious, so I'm just going to stay calm. Mm-hmm. They're going to play Villanova. I say Villanova's going to win, and they're going to advance to play Arizona. I think Michigan's going to win, just to say it. But Okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah. You, can, you, can say, you can say that too. Mm-hmm. Our friend Matt Swanson, I'm sure, is huge on Michigan right now. Oh, yeah. Go blue, whatever. Hit the bricks, that's what I have to say. Villanova's going to win. Against Michigan. So, with my prediction, Arizona versus Villanova in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. Out of the South, I think it's going to be Arizona. This is a team I had in my bracket going to the Final Four. Actually, I have Arizona going to the championship to lose to Texas Tech. A scenario that is still possible, by the way, with both Texas Tech and Arizona still being in it, Mm -hmm. still playing. So, I say Arizona is going to be the team out of the Final Four. Or out of the elite eight, and eventually out of the final four.
1: Right. I, I'm actually. I think the South is probably my favorite region, in terms of like the intensity of the games. That no matter what the outcome that's is, I'm point. excited to watch these games that come out of the South.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Even that Ohio State Villanova game, where Ohio State lost and never really looked good. I mean, this is some of the best basketball. Being played is out of the South, mm-hmm. so you know all over the place. I can, you know, I don't want to do that to isolate any of the great basketball being played by like Kansas or right, you know, Memphis. I think that there's a lot of good basketball being played all over the place. But you're right, the South just has that kind of upper echelon well, feel and I think, to
1: it. Yeah, the way the bracket has worked out for them, it's just it's going to be a fun Sweet 16 through the rest of the tournament to watch. Yeah, from that region. I completely
0: agree. And to that point, again, the South. I mean, just look at some of these top teams. Like, look at the top five teams: Arizona. Villanova, Tennessee, Illinois, Houston, even the sixth seed with Colorado and the seventh seed with Ohio State. Liked Ohio State a lot. I saw them losing to Villanova, but that's a team that played the Badgers well a couple times that they played them this year. So there's a lot of good basketball being played. With that being said, I think Arizona's going to come out of that region and head to the Final Four. But to play who you ask, that's just a great question. So let's get to it. Next matchup we have is Kansas-Providence. I like Providence. I don't think they're going to win, but mm-hmm. I like
1: Providence. <laughs> you see what I did there? I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting." Yeah, I
0: think Kansas <laughs> is going to get the win. I like Providence though because they have uh, speed. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I love from them. I don't know that they get done with Kansas though because Kansas is Kansas, and
1: there you have it. Plus, they played a thirteen <laughs> and a twelve so far. It's just not right. Those are to me. Those are kind of tune-up games for a South team like Dakota State's
0: thirteen seed, Richmond, the twelve seed.
1: Richmond beating Iowa,
0: however, was something I didn't foresee. And in the manner, they did it, too. It was a closer game, but it was a game that Richmond had control of for mm-hmm. a wide margin of that game. But yeah, Providence, Kansas, I say Kansas is going to get get the win there. And then here's the next thing. With this bottom bracket in the Midwest region, I just got – like, look at this one. There's so many Xs on this sheet of paper <laughs> on this side. Like, I just did not get any of them Right. right. I had, it's interesting. I, I had the, the two that I got right out of the Midwest were Wisconsin winning and Auburn winning in the round of 64. After that, just complete wrongness. I mean, just everywhere is, is wrong. <laughs> I had LSU beating Iowa State. Nope. I had LSU losing to Wisconsin. Nope. Iowa State so that's that's it's just a been a disaster for me. It's you. just been a disaster. I am completely flooded with being wrong. Iowa State, Miami, a ten seed versus an eleven seed. Who saw it coming? Not me, but here we are. I like Miami. I don't think Iowa State played well enough to beat Wisconsin. I think if Wisconsin made two more of their shots, two they were one of seventeen from the perimeter at one point in that game. I think Wisconsin hits two more of those shots. They win that game. Mm-hmm. Score wise, of course they do because that's, you know, they only lost by five points. If you hit two right. more threes, that's six. You win by one. But I'm saying if Wisconsin just hits one, two more shots, the complete feel of the game is different, and Iowa State loses. I don't think Iowa State played well enough to beat Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin's a three seed, so you Congratulations. Know, it's, it's pretty hard to do. You know, that's right. a great win. But at the same time, I don't foresee them beating Miami, who has just clipped down Auburn in a game where they made the two-seeded Tigers of Auburn Look like a 10 seed. I mean, Mm -hmm. they look like, you know, I say that because Miami is the 10 seed. They made it look the other way around. Yeah. Miami looked very good in that game. Shot well. All game long, I think Miami is going to beat Iowa State and advance to the Elite Eight to play Kansas and then lose to them. (laughs) So there's my final four if you've been sticking along to this point. I know it's kind of hard just listening in abstract. If you're not writing it down, you're not, like, right there with me. But I'm doing my best to try to get back to everything I've said for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Texas Tech, Purdue, Arizona, Kansas. That is our
1: final four of the Tony G Show. It's kind of an interesting final four prediction. I like it. It's a little bit, uh, some new names in there that we haven't yes. seen in a while.
0: You know, it t- it includes two three seeds and then two one seeds. So that's where you kind of get that, that upset appeal. To. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when, when you're making brackets, and I don't want to talk too much about my bracket because we all know that you know, it, during this time of the year, it can all it can bog down sports talk. No one cares about what your bracket is, but yeah. uh, you know, it's sports. Yeah. It's my podcast, so I'm just going to mention it. You can briefly do what you here. want. I can do whatever I want. I can talk about my bracket the whole way through if I wanted to. Will let's do it. Okay, no, no bad idea. All right, yeah, that's a terrible idea. But either way, it's always a gamble when you go with a three seed winning a championship because that means at some point they're going to have to beat the two seed and likely the one seed. At just at some point they're going to have to. Texas Tech is going to have to go through both. <laughs> yeah. If, if Gonzaga knocks off Arkansas. And even if Arkansas were to win, like the top four teams in this region are still alive. So it's not like you're playing a 13 seed Cinderella story like Purdue with St. Peters. You know what I mean?
1: I hope St. Peters makes it. How much fun would that be? You
0: know, it's like Loyola, Chicago. Yeah. I have a sister, Gene Bobblehead, at home because it was such a cool story. Loyola, mm-hmm. Chicago, making a run. Where did they go to the. Elite Eight, Final Four. I think Elite Eight is when Elite they finally Eight. stalled out. Yeah. You love to see great. I mean, it's right. what March Madness is about. I was rooting for, even though I had Kentucky going to the Sweet 16 and losing to Purdue, I was in on St. Peter's when they were playing Kentucky, a great game that mm-hmm. I was like, let's get the upset here. You know, yeah. let's get some madness. Let's just have all 16, like all 13 seeds and below make the Final Four and just. To completely throw out the bracket and just watch good basketball. You know what I mean? So
1: March Madness is like one of the best times to be wrong. It is. Yes. You know?
0: Or it's like okay to be wrong. Yeah. Know? It's not like Tony G picks of the week where you get wrong and like two or three games a week there and you're like, what the heck is going on? World's over. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Start slamming stuff. But nonetheless... That is the March Madness bracket. I might as well pick the the final four in the championship here. I've said it already, so I'll just say it to clarify. It could be different when we reconvene for Tuesday's show mm-hmm. after the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight will be played this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we will know the for sure picture of the final four by then. But let's just pick what I have now, Texas Tech and Purdue. I say Texas Tech is going to win. Arizona and Kansas, I say Arizona is going to win. I say Texas Tech is the champion over Arizona. Mm-hmm. Final score of 68-64, in case you were
1: wondering. like that. Thank
0: okay. you. Thank you. Three seed winning the uh, the championship. So there you have it.
1: I'd like to see that.
0: I would, too. I hope you're right. I would, too. That is our uh, college basketball discussion. I hope you enjoyed it. Beautiful time of year. Mm-hmm. We always love this. Yep. March Madness stuff. Time to change gears. Into a different kind of March Madness. Into a different type of March. That's a great way to put it.
1: A round of applause for you, Thank Will. Thank you. Getting those transitions.
0: You did that right on the spot too. That's not something you had in our show plan. You just brought that up right here. Thank you. Way to find you know a gap when I'm talking. I'm not saying nothing, so you just fly in there with a perfect transition. It's probably the vacation. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I say, Rusty. I predicted he's gonna come back and not know what the heck is going on, but here he is, as sharp as a pencil, sharp as a marble. (laughs) All right. See, and there you go with the jokes again. Uh, It's bad. I mean, it's bad. It's just your brand. It's okay. It's who you are. Get out though. you know, I'm tired of you. <laughs> oh, I missed you. All right, welcome back. Likewise. Yeah, it is a different type of March Madness. This mm-hmm. is the why. I'm saying this because I saw it on Twitter, so I guess, you know, I'm going to give credit to this opinionated statement, whatever. Field Yates said on Twitter, this is the most wild or the craziest off-season free agency the NFL there ever has been. And it's a great point because mm-hmm. it is complete chaos. Devontae Adams is is no longer a Packer. Aaron Rodgers still is, who many people did not think would happen. Deshaun Watson is no longer in Houston, finally finds a trade partner after he held out and was not going to play for Houston under no circumstances. So that's one of the things we'll be mentioning in today's show. Carson Wentz is no longer a Colt. He was shipped off. Colts immediately turned around and picked up Matt Ryan from the Falcons, who's no longer a Falcon. Zedarius is wearing purple. Zedarius has switched from green to purple. He's still wearing the yellow, though. Mm-hmm. Zedarius, here's the thing. I mentioned this on Tuesday show. Zadarius was switching from the Packers free agency. He was released. Going to go to his former team with Baltimore and the Ravens. He backed out of that deal. Said, I don't want to sign this contract. I'm not going to be a Baltimore Raven just yet. Call me in a couple weeks, and we'll see where we're at. Visits the Minnesota Vikings. About 24 hours later, he is officially a Minnesota Viking. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Again, Russell Wilson, just one of these quarterbacks who's no longer a Seahawk, now finds his way in Denver. All sorts of changeover. So the one piece we'll focus on for today's Tony G Show, and I guess the second piece we'll focus on in segment number three with Tyree Kill, we'll talk about now Deshaun Watson is now a Cleveland Brown. Does this make the Browns contenders in the AFC and the AFC North? Short answer, yeah, I think it does. I think of course it does. Watson is still this elite-level quarterback, who I think, you know, maybe taking a year off isn't the best for on field production wise, and you've talked about that in the past, Will, but I still think he is this elite level, strong arm, good decision making quarterback who has ability that is in that top tier, that is in that elite tier of quarterbacking when you think of the NFL. So I think, of course, this makes them a contender because. Think about the quarterbacks in the AFC North. Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. You think about Joe Burrow with the Bengals. You think about whoever the Steelers are going to find and and insert into their well, they have primary Trubisky. starting. What's that? They have Trubisky. Yeah. They picked him up, and it's like, you know, is that yeah. who you're really going to go with? We'll see. We'll see. Come draft time, you yeah, know, maybe yeah, they, yeah. they pick up another free agent. Okay, good point. <sighs> yeah. I, so they have Trubisky, but do they have Trubisky? Do they have yeah, a starting yeah, yeah. quarterback? You know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see with that. But that's the quarterbacking in the AFC North. It is very tough. It is very good, but it's very tough. And so the Browns had to compete with that. And they weren't going to do it with Baker. I've been on the Baker train in a good way for the last couple of years. I've been his fan. I've been saying, you know, he's, he's going to find his stride. When OBJ left Cleveland, I said, this isn't a Baker-Mayfield thing. This is an OBJ thing. And then I was wrong. That's part of the Tony G show. That's what makes us different is we mm-hmm. actually admit when we're wrong and I was yep. wrong there. That was a Baker Mayfield thing. I'm completely off that train now. I was wrong. The Browns came out and said we want a adult at quarterback. Baker Which is said, crazy by the way.
1: Isn't that nuts that the team said that? That's so crazy. Like that wasn't I think the organization is wrong for doing that in my opinion. That's not Cleveland Sports Talk saying that. That is the Cleveland Browns saying we want an adult at quarterback. I lost a lot of respect for that org after saying that. Yeah. I mean, at least they're honest. I, at least they're honest. Man, at least
0: they said we don't have we thought we had the quarterback, but he's not mature enough to be our franchise guy.
1: We're gonna move on from him. Imagine I mean, imagine their situation though, if they don't get Watson. I imagine um, Mayfield sits out that this season with a comment like that. Yeah. I mean they're talking a bottom. Bottom, bottom team. I don't know. To me, that's just an irresponsible, especially now because, no, whatever. Trades <laughs> trades are going to be a lot less valuable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right, though. Yeah, that's a great point. Look at you coming out of spring break. The Browns are literally, word for word here, just disparaging Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield publicly. Yep. So that is decreasing his value. trade value. Okay, that's a great way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. Well, either way, Baker Mayfield will not be the quarterback no. in Cleveland next year. So, with Deshaun Watson being this strong-armed, poised, pocket present style quarterback, again, hasn't played in a year, two years. It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how his talent floods out onto the field in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. There's been talks about Jarvis Landry not
1: wanting to be there as a wide receiver. Well, I think he was cut, right? Yeah. He was cut. But there are, and there's also this caveat of is Watson going to get suspended or not? There's a lot of up in the air there. There's discussion about the NFL has to do a comprehensive review according to the collective bargaining agreement. So there's that we have to also consider. But I think there are talks now Landry's thinking about coming back. See, that's what I was
0: kind of alluding to is because they cut him. He didn't want to be a Brown. Mm -hmm. But then the Browns made this whole quarterback switch, which no one really thought that they would. Everyone thought that they would stick with Baker because that's what they've said in the past and that's what they've done in the past. But now that they have this new quarterback in... We'll see if things change uh, personnel-wise if they decide to get Jarvis Landry back on a deal that he likes in an organization that he's played for and knows well. So we'll see how that all plays out. But there's not the most talent in the world at the skill position for the Browns. You know, They still have that, that running back duo that is killer. Mm-hmm. But wide receiving-wise, there's not a lot of talent there. But you're right. For Deshaun Watson, is he going to play? Is this guy going to be on the field?
1: Right. Could be two-game suspension. Could be none. Could be eight-game. It's really a lot up in the air for them right now. This
0: is all up to the NFL because a grand jury concluded that there was not enough evidence to charge Deshaun Watson with 22 sexual misconduct cases on March 11th. He's off the hook legally. So is he still going to face repercussions from the NFL after they do investigations? Or is he good to go? It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But when you bring in that, you kind of want to see how that plays out if you're an organization, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the Browns didn't. They turned around and gave Deshaun Watson $230 million for the next five years. Every penny it's crazy. is guaranteed.
1: That's a lot of money. Guaranteed. For somebody who hasn't played in two years. I understand that Like he's really good. Yeah. Wow. I understand he's like elite level.
0: But you still have to see so what happens if he gets suspended? What happens if these cases arise again? Mm-hmm. Or if something comes out and there's evidence to, to put him away? I mean, you, you know it's just weird to commit 230 million dollars for five years to this guy. I mean, it's one thing if you give it to him and you know it's not all guaranteed. there's like 50 million guaranteed, but to make all 230 million guaranteed is wild to me. It, it, I saw something on Twitter. It was almost meme-like. that was kind of poking at the situation in a fun way that said, Deshaun Watson offered to be a Brown. No, it doesn't want to do it. Offered to be a, a Brown with a contract extension. No, it doesn't want to do it. Offered to be a Brown with $230 million guaranteed. We'll guarantee every penny. And he goes, yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so He's going to become a Cleveland Brown. I don't think that's a good career move for Deshaun Watson to go to Cleveland, I think, you know, with the openings in Pittsburgh, I thought that would have been the greatest yeah. spot for him to go. Yeah. And Pittsburgh didn't want to cough up money for him. Decided to go with Mitch Trubisky. Um, you know, that I thought Panthers were looking for a quarterback that would have been a good fit to, all of it, moot. He's going
1: to Cleveland. Maybe mm-hmm. there's just more of a desire to make money off of what they do than we anticipate. Maybe yeah. we, we see it from the, the vision of, okay, well, they obviously want to build a good team. Maybe there's just more of a desire to make money. And we'll, and we'll talk about this probably again in the next segment too because that's going to definitely come up with Tyreek. But yeah, it's interesting because now the Browns have a really good piece at quarterback and are missing two of their you know mainstay offensive weapons. Yeah, Obviously, OBJ, offensive weapon, and Cleveland might be debatable. But yeah. It'll be an interesting dynamic with the team. Even if De- Deshaun can play, that team's going to have a lot of holes to still figure out. Yes.
0: There is a lot of work to be done in Cleveland. And why I say that is because they just made this move to trade for Deshaun Watson. And this is best case scenario for the Texans, if you think about it. A mm-hmm. rebuilding organization, bringing in Lovey Smith, looking to start things over and really rebuild. J.J. Watt is no longer there. DeAndre Hopkins no longer there. And this is a completely different organization. Years away from competing, but having the tools to do so now, after this trade, they acquired five total picks in this swap, three of them for the first round from Cleveland. It's crazy. I mean, you coughed up so much for that if you were the Cleveland Browns organization.
1: Think about that for a second. Yeah.
0: Five draft picks. Five draft
1: picks. I get you want your quarterback, but five. Three first rounders. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that nuts? I, to me, that's not worth it. That's too much. That's just too much. Way too much. Watson's not that good. He's good, but he's not Michael Jordan good. Listen, That's
0: right. That's a he's fair good. way to put it. Well, I think this is a good point to transition. I don't think we talked about this too much. I don't think we, we batted it too much, but I think it's a good point to transition because speaking of giving up too much, mm-hmm. how about the Miami Dolphins? Way too much. An organization that gave up five picks For Tyreek Hill, not even a quarterback, a wide receiver, a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. I get Tyreek is fast. and He's like the fastest guy in the NFL. And everyone commends him for his ability as a wide receiver, a good wide receiver, a talented wide receiver, somebody who is hard to cover, somebody who is a lethal offensive weapon for the team he plays for. But for the Dolphins, a team that kind of doesn't know what they have with Tua, tongue of iloa yet they're bringing in a new head coach this year i mean there's just so much up in the air to cough up five picks
1: for a wide receiver is yeah. nuts which another thing to consider a is that speed move. doesn't yeah speed doesn't last forever no it really doesn't it disintegrates It and, goes awry yeah and tyreek's build like he's not short but speed doesn't last and if that's his only thing that's got him to where he is now which I mean, I'm, arguably it's not,
0: but I get the point you're making. It's, it's the, the primary thing.
1: Yes, it is the primary reason that it's like MVS. He's really fast. He's okay at catching the ball, but he can get open. Yeah, makes a couple big catches. And I don't know Tyreek's made more than a couple big catches, but man, he he's what 14 months younger than Devonte. I don't know, man. That's a lot, a lot, especially for an organization like the Dolphins that are they have a good looking offense now but they have a lot of holes to fill, and five picks is a lot of players that can fill them. Okay, you talk about picks. How about straight money? Yeah. They acquire Tyreek Hill. Sign him to a
0: four-year, $120 million deal. Are you kidding me? Are you nuts? The Miami Dolphins are completely throwing away their future for Tyreek Hill. Now, granted, he's a great player. You know, someone who's always going to land you in the top scoring bracket every week in your fantasy team. You know, he's someone who's going to produce for you on the field. I can maybe justify giving him a huge contract if you didn't unload your entire draft stock for him. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me that everyone in unison agrees, and I guess, you know, and everyone in unison, I mean, everyone outside of the Dolphins organization agrees that that is too much to give up for Tyree Kill. But then again, we're not sitting at the table. Maybe the Dolphins didn't like—you know, it's not a very—it's a very front-heavy draft in terms of all the talents in the first two, three rounds, even if that. And then the rest is pretty much middle-of-the-pack
1: players who really have to earn their keep. And then talking about the flip side, I mean— So maybe they didn't like what they saw. Yeah, good for the the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, we have talked about this many, many, many times, but when you pay a quarterback, man, it is hard to build a good team. And they basically were like, we can't afford Tyreek, let's dump him. Let's just get a bunch of players, yeah. get a chance at getting some sort of weapon for Patrick Mahomes. And now they have a shot at, you know, building another four years of competitiveness for relatively cheap. The Chiefs are one of the smarter teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Same with Green Bay. I mean, they you know, obviously it was a little bit different story. They wanted to keep Devontae, but, but draft I- him in the third round and you get a first round pick out of it. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, well, look at the talent that they've offloaded in the past that you think... Is this
0: really the right time to get rid of this player? Sammy Mm -hmm. Watkins, who was great at producing for them. And they said, no, we're not going to give you that huge contract. We're going to let you go into free agency, and we're going to try some other pieces. Mm -hmm. A smart team. I mean, offloaded. Speaking about offloading talent, how about Kareem Hunt? Yeah. And they had to do that. Hit the bricks. I mean, it was the right move. It was the right move. It was a tough move to
1: make, but it was the right move. Yep. And now they got Juju, so I mean... And they go sign Juju Smith-Schuster? They're not going to be hurting. No. They really won't. In fact, they're probably going to be one of the more dominant teams next four years, I bet you, depending on if they hit on those picks. Yeah. But that's a huge haul for somebody who's fast. It
0: really only takes one player that is like that caliber, like mm-hmm. he's going to be an all-pro or a pro bowler to make that trade worth it. But you're right. I mean, they have five chances to find their next star or mm-hmm. some depth and whatever they need. Yep. And this is a team, this isn't like the Texans or the Dolphins where they're trying to rebuild. This is a team that's been in the, the Super Bowl and the AFC
1: Championship the last four years. Yeah, and, and losing some key key parts of their team that they're, I mean, without a doubt, going to use those picks to fill. Yeah. Their defense yep. is kind of like... Starting to, you know, not be quite where they were maybe three years ago. And so they're gonna find those pieces with these picks, you know, depending on if they hit on it or not, but they have a chance. More and, than they would have before. And Andy Reid's still sticking around. Yeah. So I mean they are built for the future. But anyways, just flip back to the Dolphins, I want to ask you, does this make the Dolphins a contender for their division signing Tyreek Hill? Now paired up with Jalen Waddle, Tua. Um, they just picked up Chase Edmonds in free agency, a couple key piece offensive linemen. It's kind of interesting because, you know, they look on paper like they should win, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on them. Like, where where do you see them finishing? It's a great question. When you think about the AFC
0: East, the division that the Miami Dolphins play in, been owned by the Patriots... And ever since Tom Brady's left, it's been owned by the Bills. So you have to compete with these two teams. If you realistically want to win a division, you have to beat these two teams. Mm -hmm. You have to compete with these two teams. The Jets, of course, are going to be bottom and bottom tier. They're not even worth mentioning because they have a lot of work to do in multiple facets. But the Patriots and the Bills are the teams you want to compete against if you want to win your division, if you want to win this conference. And so I think that the Dolphins see that. I think that they're in line to maybe finish second. I predict next season it'll go Bills, Dolphins, mm-hmm. Patriots. I hesitate putting Dolphins too because yeah. I think it's really early. We still have the draft to go. But as it stands right now, you know, and it wouldn't shock me if the Patriots land second because I really like Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, well, he's not. He's just kind of bland. He just kind of does the job. Okay, well, that's all you so need. What? That's all. That was Tom Brady yep. for 20 years. Guy's one of the best ever. I'm willing to say it, but I'm with Will that, you don't need anything special if you want to win in New England with under Bill Belichick with your quarterback. I mean, right. And so that's Mac Jones. I really like what the Patriots do there. But I could see if the Dolphins hit on whatever draft picks they have left yeah. and Tua <laughs> stays healthy, yeah. yeah. This, this will be a competitive team. I, I don't
1: – I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I, I like your point. I mean, I don't think they're – I don't know. Okay, hold on. Hold on.
0: Now I'm second-guessing.
1: Now I'm second-guessing because now I, think, I want to pull away. Yeah, the question you needed to – to answer i guess is are they good enough to beat the bills twice no i think it all boils down to i think that's the question i need to
0: answer but it boils down to another sub question is Mm -hmm. tua gonna perform yeah do they have their court i think i'm overestimating tua from his alabama days seeing him in the nfl these last couple years i don't know that the dolphins can win with that Mm -hmm. with him which they'll find out this year they will if he stays healthy yeah maybe he got a chance but the, just everything, the fact that he wasn't voted a team captain, the fact that he's a left-handed quarterback, I mean, there are just things working against... The fact that he's injury-prone, there's things working against Tua that shows that he might not work out in Miami. And so that's the only part that really, really concerns me.
1: And the Dolphins are really in on him, too. I mean... They are. They're sticking with him through yeah, thick and thin. They they were in on Watson for a while, right? Or people thought they might yes, be... that's may, true. And maybe there's a lot of conditional stuff where they really did not want to take that baggage, but... Man, yeah. It's going to be really interesting. I think it'll, it'll depend on... I don't think they can beat the Bills twice. Maybe the Patriots. I think the Dolphins and the Patriots might be a little bit more even than many like to consider. Yeah. Now, so I, I do like your point. Like, they could be second in the division. More likely, probably third. But no way they're going to be top of their division.
0: Yeah. All right. Well.
1: There we have I it. I think we had a great discussion all yeah. day
0: today. And it just goes to show that there is no real consistency year-to-year year anymore with the NFL. And I'm no. not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not shak- not old man shaking my fist at the sky here, but I'm just saying that you can guarantee or, or sign guys to contracts however you want, but at the end of the day, if they don't want to play for you, or if you think that you can have someone better at that position, or if you think you want draft picks and you want to start over, there is absolutely nothing holding
1: you to that commitment. This is, yeah, I mean, this is do or die for Miami, in my opinion. Yep. I mean... That's a lot of money for Tyreek. It's a lot of picks. I mean, even more than that, though. I mean, just all the switching of right. Russell
0: Wilson going from Seattle to Denver, it just kind of shows that there is no – Devontae Adams not you know being given that extension from the Packers saying, we'll extend you, we'll keep mm-hmm. you here. And then he says, I, I don't want that. I want to go to Las Vegas and play with my college friend and, and teammate, Derek Carr, out in Las Vegas. Goes and buys a $12 million home and gets signed to a,
1: an extension after – I dirt, jinxed it, by the way. Being traded, you jinxed it. I did. Well, How'd you do that, Will? I said that he was going to stay. Remember on the last show before we left, I was like, I almost put money on it. I jinxed it. I know I did.
0: I. Well, you should have put money on that with me. I should have took the opposite yeah. side just to win a little, little
1: money. You still want to put that bet? No. Oh. Nope. Okay. But you know, it's, but it's it's a good point. It, it is interesting because we're seeing, in a scenario with Tyreek, it's, seems to be for money. I mean, they could they could win. The Dolphins could win, but then you see the scenario with Devontae Adams. He's leaving because he just feels that's a better situation. Actually, took less money, right? Yeah. Didn't Green Bay offer him a little bit more? Uh, yeah, I'd say it was, it was about equal. Yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind oh. of interesting. There, there's just there's certain players, and it's all about, I guess, just human behavior and how everyone kind of. It, yeah, it's a fun time to watch right now. Even,
0: on the. Okay, so let me say this. I mentioned this on Tuesday, and I'll mention it again. when I'm talking about, there's nothing really holding you to a commitment of a contract extension. And again, I don't want to come off as old man shaking his fist at the sky, oh, there's mm-hmm. nothing about commitment anymore. You know, because it's the NFL. I hear that a lot. It's business. You know, it's it's just the yeah. way things are. P- players want to go play where they are. They, their careers are only so long. Mm-hmm. You know, so God forbid they do what they want and enjoy them while they're playing. right? And make money while doing it. Exactly. And teams want to make what's best for them and... and try to compete which is why they got to make cap moves to get rid of zadarius smith someone who the organization fell in love with the first Mm -hmm. season he was here and then he gets injured and then you release him and then there's kind of like bad blood zadarius wasn't a fan of the move but it's like you know that's business yeah so anyways what i'm getting at is here is at the commitment level like i said i'm putting such an emphasis on this because i really mean this i said it tuesday pay attention to the guaranteed money That shows you how committed an organization, a franchise is to a player. Preston Smith signed that huge contract, $52 million, 12.2 guaranteed, $40 million that is Mm unguaranteed, that is not guaranteed. Then you look at Devondre Campbell. They give him a huge, what was it, $50 million deal. And only, I forget the exact figures because I had it in front of me on Tuesday's show, but there's like, between those two, Preston and and Devondre Campbell, there's about $75 million of non-guaranteed money yeah. between them. So just pay attention to that because that leaves a team in an and out if they want to release a guy mm-hmm. and save some cap room or maybe get some draft capital to let that player go and have another organization pick it up. They get a conditional pick and maybe try to build, do this like quick rebuild thing. So just pay attention to that. Yeah. It's a business, the NFL. People—that's been a running theme of today's show mm-hmm. with airline talk and everything. It's crazy it's how business. it comes full circle with life, is, did a business, come full man, circle. life is a business. life is life is a business. Mm-hmm. We live in a capitalistic society, and there's yep. nothing wrong with that. Just be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Am I? I really?
1: I feel like I'm giving off old man shaking fist at the sky vibes. I—if we're talking capitalist society, I need to get paid, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Not uh, one could, paycheck. Uh, Three years <laughs> yeah i'll uh i 'll mail that to you okay, okay. Ma- it's, yep. it'll be yeah it'll be in the mail all right? be like one of those put it on like one of those big checks <laughs> <laughs> here's your payment well two dollars and fifty cents well no because uh, those big
0: checks don 't count for nothing no they 're not real checks not real. so I could put two million dollars on them yeah you'd be like all right and then just never give you the real We check. should do that I think so that'd be funny good <laughs> way to send great, it off
1: all right you know what I think we'll do that I bet you those big checks are going yeah. We'll
0: get back to you next episode. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll we'll keep uh, Tony G Nation updated. But that'll do it for today's show. Nice to have you back, Will. Yeah, it's good to be back. Good to be back in the mix. We only got a couple episodes left, man. I mean, we're winding down the mm-hmm. Tony G Show. Sad to think about, but it's true. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. We'll see you next week. It's the Tony G Show.